Hello everyone, my name is Illumide. And my name is Christy. And welcome to the Big Empty Purse podcast. And she goes, hit it! So, Christy, what have you been up to since the last episode? Well, if you listened to the last episode, you know that I had sort of an existential crisis upon learning <laughs> that the <laughs> side part is apparently unfashionable and is a dead giveaway that you're an old millennial and the middle part is in now. So I thought I was more secure in myself than this, but I was not. And I tried the middle part. <laughs> I definitely like went out, we went to eat outside because the weather was nice. And I like carefully did the middle part in my hair, which was a struggle. My face is not symmetrical. What? Really? Oh. Not symmetrical. <laughs> Same. Same. It's not even sort of. And I kept trying to, I was like, is it in the middle? And it was in the middle. My face is just like really not symmetrical. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, look at the Gen Z making us up. I know. They, they lied when they said this is good on everyone. And I have a widow's peak too. And so like if I don't get it right on that, it was like way further forward oh, on one side. Oh, I see. My hair didn't want to do it. My face didn't like it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gen Z. Like it wasn't it wasn't terrible, but I'm not I, I'm apparently just gonna look old and I just need to accept that about myself. You're back to the side part. That's gonna be yeah. that on that. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Gen Z for making us so self conscious. Yeah. My, my husband was like, You shouldn't let yourself be bullied by imaimaginary teenagers. <laughs> I shouldn't, but here I am. Not like, imaginary teenagers. <laughs> oh my god. But no, the middle part is out. I don't care. And, well, and, and, and that's that's, that. that's on period. <laughs> I also experienced what has to be the longest 10 seconds of my life, which so I work at the Department of Energy and this past week we hosted an event with the Secretary of Energy. So it was like a big deal. There were like almost a thousand people uh, and I was running, like advancing the slides and also playing videos, which is like, was daring of us already to try and do that over a Zoom call. I have a stupid question. No, I mean, yes, but also, <laughs> I don't know if they have like an IT department who's in charge of that. Why did you have to do that? <laughs> I don't know. No, this is no. a dumb question. No, like... it's not a dumb question. Um, it's not a dumb question. For so usually, so I work for the solar office, and usually we don't do events on this scale. Like we have much smaller events, so people oh, multitask, and I'm on the communications team, and I'm usually the one who has like put together the slides. So that's part of the reason like I'm the okay, one so advancing you know them because I know right. the slide deck really well. But usually when the Secretary of Energy is involved in something, DOE level public affairs runs it. But my team ran this one. We're a lot smaller. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was trying to play videos on Zoom with sound in front of a thousand people. And 98% of it went extremely well. Honestly, the whole thing genuinely went almost flawlessly. It was amazing. But, <laughs> and this was literally not a big deal at all, 
but just to experience it in that moment, which was there were two videos that I had to play where there was not much talking in the middle. And the secretary, I played the first video and the secretary, like I knew what she was going to say, but she talked a lot faster than I thought she would. So I'm still trying to pull up the second video and she goes, hit it. I was like, <laughs> don't say like that. I was still trying to pull it up and share it on Zoom. I was like, <gasps> she just, she said, hit it, hit it. <laughs> and then there's just this pause where I'm scrambling, trying to like pull the video up and like make sure it's maximized and the sound is on. And she goes, I think working on it. And I'm just, I'm working like, on dying. <laughs> I'm just like imploding. <laughs> Not the hit it, the hit it. Hit it. She <laughs> fucking just, hit it. She, she has such energy and she... <laughs> yes. Can you imagine if she said hit it and it never worked out <laughs> even after 10 seconds? Ooh. And it just never Ooh. played. <laughs> just leave her hanging. <laughs> yeah, in reality, it was not that long. But in in my world, everything was imploding while I was trying to like open this video. <laughs> They're waiting on me at the dough. <laughs> But yeah, those are all just my personal struggles. But I also watched, well, rewatched the movie Heathers. And I just like need to bring it back into the public consciousness because this movie is a masterpiece. I love this movie. I mentioned it briefly in our high school episode talking about high school movies. So the movie Heathers, it's 1988 and it's a high school movie, but it's a dark comedy with like heavy on the dark. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so it stars... Uh, Winona Ryder and Christian Slater as, like, babies. I mean, not babies. Like, they were, like, 19 or something. But Winona Ryder and Christian Slater, like, you know it's going to get weird. So the movie Heathers is about this clique of popular girls um, who are all named Heather, except for <laughs> Winona Ryder's character. It's three girls. They're all named Heather. And it's sort of the, you know, high school movie cliche of the, like, mean popular girls. But this movie, I love this movie because it just makes total light of all of these extremely serious things that people deal with in high school, like eating disorders <laughs> and, like, coming out of the closet and suicide is a big one. <laughs> and then Sorry, just, I like, shouldn't laugh, but... <laughs> no, but that's... <laughs> And then they throw murder in there. No, if you're the type of person of who reads that description and thinks it's funny, you will love this movie. There are people who, who I would say that, and if you go, ooh, like, this, this is not the movie for you. The guidance counselor at one point in the movie, she's literally, like, talking to someone in the high school and says, whether to kill yourself or not is one of the most important decisions a teenager can make. <laughs> like, this movie is wild. First of all, she's not wrong. <laughs> Technically, she's not wrong. <laughs> so it's hilarious. And there's also all of these like iconic lines came out of it. Like, what's your damage was actually from Heather's. Um, oh, that's where that's from? Mm-hmm. And saying just oh, I didn't know that. very yeah. with nothing else. Like, how very? Or like, it's going to be very. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. That's another... That's where that's from, too? Yeah. I have to watch this movie. This movie is I iconic. I have to watch this, because I haven't seen this yet. Yeah. I would, <laughs> okay. I'm going... You know what? Here's my homework. Before I see you next week, I will have seen this movie. I'm going to do whatever I can to see this movie. So that sounds like great. <laughs> yeah. Come back and tell me that you hate it and it's horrible, but I love it. <laughs> from what I hear, if all of these um, punchlines are in that movie, I'm not going to hate it. Because I love... Like, if it's anything like Mean Girls, which I idolize, mm -hmm. I'm going to love it. Yeah. Mean Girls is iconic. 
yeah, you can actually see some of the influence that this had on Mean Girls. Like, it's not the same movie, but you can really see, like, you can sort of see the descendants there. And it's just an interestingly shot movie. Like, somebody, the, uh, I forget if it was the director or writer, was interviewed and said, like, the first scene in his mind was, what if Stanley Kubrick wrote a teen movie? So this is, like... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, very Stanley Kubrick-esque, like, shot framing and cinematography with, like, the symmetry and the color blocking and the really bold colors. It's I really... love Stanley Kubrick, right. Yeah. So that's all. I watched an old movie. That's what I did this week. <laughs> the thing is, here's the thing about that, right? When you just said, I watched an old movie, in my head, a 1988 movie doesn't qualify as old. <laughs> in my head, a movie from... I don't know, the 40s. Like, mm -hmm. if I watch Mildred Pierce, or if I watch... Even Auntie Mame is not that old. Like, it has to be 40s. Mm -hmm. Even if you walk, watch wow. the, the, the Metropolis from the 1920s, that I'd be like, okay, now that's starting to be old. <laughs> but <laughs> if I hear of a 1988 movie, I'm like, that's not that old. But literally, if you just look at the timeline, that movie, by definition, is old. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I'm sitting here Damn. trying to do math in my head. 21 plus 12, 33. 33 years old. Yeah, so. that's an old movie. <laughs> that's, that's an old movie. Right, but the thing, I don't know if this makes sense. Like, if I go back and watch the really old movies, I don't, I, like, as I'm looking at them in real time, in real frame, I don't think they're old. Like, mm. they still make sense. They, they're relevant. They're shot very well. And most of them, because they're not done with a lot of um, film graphics, they're not dated by the graphics. You know what I mean? It's just short yeah. with a 35 millimeter and it still looks good. Yeah, so I, those movies in my head, doesn't they don't register as old, mm. but they're old. <laughs> they're very old, <laughs> just saying. Like The Matrix, for instance, The Matrix, if I watch it again, some part of that will seem old because they relied a lot on film graphics and film graphics will date a film. Mm -hmm. They just look at it and be like, oh, the graphics have come a long way since this movie. Ergo, the movie's old. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, like horror movies from the like 70s, 80s era can definitely look really dated just because like the effects they use like now don't look yeah. as real and therefore don't look as scary as I think they did when they came out. Old movies, 1988. <laughs> <old>. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what have I been up to? Now everybody's been screaming about um, Jack Snyder's cut of the Justice League Ooh, on HBO. It? Four hours and change of my life. No. Why? I, I was in bed. It was like 11 p.m. And I know for a fact I can't sleep. I'm like, I might as well watch this. Because I wanted to see what the hype was about. I, I hate being left out of a movement. <laughs> so I decided to watch it. <laughs> and I will say it vaguely, I think it is better than the the original, not the released cut. Now, what I hate, 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 <laughs> is bad acting will ruin a movie quickly. Mm -hmm. But what will ruin a movie even quicker than that is terrible dialogue. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think some scripts read very clunky. Mm -hmm. Like, And I think what they try to do is they try to explicitly say everything that's going on in dialogue mm. so as not to leave any audience member behind. Right. And I'm like, you really don't trust your audience members to be smart enough to keep up? Yeah. Like the bad guys will say, yes, go interrogate them and get the information and bring it back to me so I can use that information to do bad things. <laughs> and I'm like, we already know that's what's happening. Don't put that in the dialogue. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> most yeah. of the dialogue was just clunky like that and mm. i was like but the action sequences were really good i especially mm. liked them um, this is the okay wonder woman in that movie had some of the best action sequences and they wrote her character to be extremely petty <laughs> like vindictive <laughs> and i live i live this uh, the bad guy pretty spoiler alert spoiler alert if you haven't seen jack snyder i'm not i'm gonna be vague the bad guy pretty much attacks her people and just to be petty at the very last scene she, she gets him back and i love it i love it yeah so I, i've been going back to listen to like all the hip-hop hits of 2000s to 2010s and i rediscovered lil wayne's six foot seven foot and i forgot how i forgot how hard he goes for no reason it's so stupid and like the the lyrics kill me every single time his like life is a bitch and death is her sister sleep is the cousin we're a fucking family picture <laughs> lil wayne is a poet <laughs> he's a poet honestly i swear to god this is the same song where he says um g's move in silence like lasagna yes. It That's kills me every time I hear that. <laughs> that song is so good. Thank you for bringing it back to my life. <laughs> so, the topic we'll be discussing today is fragrances. Finally, do you know how many times we have teased? We're gonna talk about fragrance. We're gonna <laughs> but basically, me. But finally, we're talking about fragrances. So let's hope we don't let you down. Although we've teased it like a couple times. We'll start by talking about the history of perfume, which I prefer to call them fragrances because perfume and fragrances are the same thing. There's all scents, but I think most people associate perfume specifically for women. Mm -hmm. But like, I that's a weird thing. So nobody actually knows the history of perfume slash fragrances, but apparently it dates as far back as 5000 BC. And apparently, Egyptians and Mesopotamians, they used aromatic resins to sweeten sacrifices and burnt offerings, which I guess that's a valid way to use them. Because, I mean, you're burning them. So their their whole society was one that was based like almost everything was with a fragrance. They buried their priests and pharaohs. They embalmed them with fragrances. And they used heavy incense for spiritual rituals, which, by the way, has carried through many, many, many cultures. And also, the newest one is aromatherapy, which <laughs> I don't know what the science to back this up is. But apparently, there is some correlation. Some scents are great at calming people. Mm. So people who have extreme anxiety some sense just calm them down i don't know what the science is don't ask me i won't be able to explain it but <laughs> people love it and i love that for them yeah and that's that on that no it's that's interesting because it's one of those that i think it has a kernel of truth to it where it's like i think some sense genuinely can have physical effects on people but they'll definitely like some of the aromatherapy salespeople will be like this will <laughs> cure your arthritis and make your hair grow and like change your eye color <laughs> what no <laughs> it's just lemon like what do you <laughs> it's just like <laughs> and i think there's also something to the fact that you can associate a smell with something in your brain like smells can really evoke certain like emotions right. so i you know i can imagine like if you 
think of something like lavender as like a calming smell and you smell lavender when you're trying to calm down and go to bed like I can I can see how you would form an association with that but I don't know that it's just like the scent on its own or the like psychological connection yeah by the way I'm saying all of this as if it's my personal experience so like a caveat that's important at the beginning of this episode <laughs> is that I know nothing and I'm qualified so this is going to be the Illuminae show with me asking dumb questions <laughs> which is which I'm not mad about but I actually for one I have a pretty bad sense of smell like a oh. smell has to be really strong for me to actually smell it like it's it's I as see. if like like someone has bad eyesight and needs glasses. Like I wish there were something for my nose because <laughs> it has to be like really bold for me to really smell it. And on top of oh. that, my little sister has bad allergies and allergy-induced asthma, and that would be exacerbated by fragrances. So we never had any in the house growing up. Like I never got any as gifts. Since then, I have gotten one single bottle of perfume. It was a gift. So it's the only perfume I wear. I don't even know that I necessarily like it. I had to go check what the name was. What is the name? And please, <laughs> please feel free to read me if this is an old lady perfume, because that'll be hilarious. It's a Donna Karen's Cashmere Mist. Oh, you have it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mama. Yay. Mama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. It, 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 yeah. It's, it's a good fragrance, but it's a little dated. Mm. Okay. It, it would be considered in today an old lady's fragrance. But it's good. It, this is what I mean. Like some scents are just good, but it's just because it's more the time in history in which they were popular has moved past that. So people associated with people in that time who wore that. Yeah. Oh, okay. But no, it's a good fragrance. And I have it. Clearly, I have it. By the way, yeah. <laughs> I know you guys can't see the video of this episode, but I have I wouldn't say I have a huge collection of fragrances, but I have more than the regular person does. Hmm. Simply because I, I enjoy fragrances and I'm not, I buy whatever I like. I buy women's fragrances. <laughs> Clearly, I have Donna Karen's Cashmere Mist. I have all, a few, a few to say the least, yeah. Yeah, it's funny that I said that without even knowing anything, but I don't know. I don't know a lot about it, but I can imagine, are there trends in like certain scents? Yes. Yes. A lot of the old lady fragrances have tuberose in them. Huh. And a lot of the modern scents for women don't have tuberose. A lot of them will go with the light florals. And a lot of them are based in like sandalwood, vanilla, as opposed to tuberose. And like, even for men's fragrances too. Like, they have moved. Like, in the 80s, it was all about heavy leather and incense. <laughs> and now we've moved to tonka bean and citrus. So, if I wear a heavy leather fragrance now like i'll smell like an old person but there are some fragrances that do it very well that they mix the modern and the like it, yeah it just it depends on yeah there, there's an artistic side to like how people construct fragrances and there's there's like intent they don't just pour stuff in a bottle and hope for the best yeah <laughs> sometimes i look at the note breakdown of a fragrance but the reason why i don't like to do that is because the note breakdown may not always be representative of the scent hmm so sometimes, so say for instance, most fragrances have like, they're, they're constructed with three parts, right? They have the base note, they have the heart note or the middle note, and they have the top note. And what usually happens is they usually build them in terms of the fragrances that are going to evaporate faster. They're usually smaller molecules. 
mm. they stick that in the top note. So the first thing you smell when you spray that fragrance is going to be the top note. And then when that when all those smaller molecules dissipate off your skin or wherever you sprayed them, then what's left are the slightly heavier molecules, which is the heart or middle note. Then you smell that. Those, that one usually lasts much longer. And then mm. once that all evaporates and goes off, then you're left with the base notes. And the base notes are usually like dense, heavy molecules. So amber or some heavy wood or some sandalwood or you know what I mean? But the reason why I don't look at the note breakdown is because depending on if if, if they stick any of those molecules in any of those places, it, it'll change. Or if they're mixed with something else, it'll just change the smell altogether. So mm. these fragrance companies, the way that they describe the note breakdown is so fucking pretentious. <laughs> like I'm reading I'm reading the one for uh, Donna Karen's Essences of Moroccan Jasmine. Mama, <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm sure there is for those people who are really fragrance aficionados. They know the difference between like French jasmine versus Moroccan jasmine, but <laughs> pretentious. Moroccan jasmine. It's a sensually soft scent that seduces the senses. Okay, first of all, that's terrible English. I will say that <laughs> on account of like the redundancy of essentially soft sense. If it's sensual, what what else is it going to seduce? By the way, I don't know if this is true. And I'm going to like say with my chest and if anybody disagrees they can fight me on Twitter. I think I think that Donna Karen's cashmere mist, I don't know when it came out. I think Donna Karen's cashmere mist is very similar to Christian Dior's J'adore. Hmm. And the scent profile is also kind of similar. They do hmm. pretty much they, they would fall in under the same category for me. And the bottles also look similar. Hmm. This is like a staple. A lot of women have worn the J'adore by Christian Dior. And I'm sure people have recognized the. Um, there's a really popular commercial that I think Charlize Theron is in where she's grabbing like a gold cloth and climbing through like a ceiling. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen this. Yeah, I know. It's it. a really popular uh, campaign. But there are different classes of perfume. And by classes, I shouldn't say classes. I should say dilution classes. Because depending on what you're sold, right? You could be sold extrait de parfum, which is essentially the actual distilled perfume oil. And again, you're a chemist. So you understand like when you when you distill anything, what comes out typically is the purest oil. Mm-hmm. Most quote unquote extrait de parfums have the distilled combinations of all those oils. Now, if you get an eau de parfum, that is like maybe 20% actual oil mm. and they can dilute it in anything that's aqueous. It's usually, it's usually some form of alcohol, probably ethyl alcohol, ethanol or something else that can dissolve the oil, but still be. The reason why they like ethanol is because ethanol is volatile mm-hmm. and if it's evaporating quickly, it'll take some of the scent with it. Mm. So it, it's it dissipates the fragrance. Then after that, you have the eau de toilette, which is like five-ish percent of oil. Mm. And a lot of men's fragrances are eau de toilette. But I don't think that, I don't know why, whatever. And then after, (laughs) there's actually, eau de toilette is not even the least concentrated. After eau de toilette, you can go to eau de cologne, which is, oh, you can go, which that is also That's less concentrated? Way less. It's like 2%. Oh. It's for mostly men. And usually, like, back in the day, what would happen is um, they'd come in this big jars. And what men would do is they'd they'd pour a glob on their hands, um, (laughs) rub it together, and pat their faces, their chest with it. That's what the eau de cologne used to mostly be. And then after eau de cologne, 
there's even one that's less concentrated than that and it's called you fresh and the you freshes are basically mists they're pretty much like if you're going to the beach you can douse yourself with it <laughs> so um yeah <laughs> yeah so there are different concentrations and obviously my preference is if i can get you de parfum or extra de parfum i'd prefer those because those are just the actual original oils. They're not diluted a lot with alcohol. Mm. But the thing is, the extra de parfum, if the ingredients that they use are really hard to come by, like <laughs> say for instance, if you want extra de parfum of something like oak moss, they would have to scrape a ton of fungi off trees just to get <laughs> maybe a, a small aliquot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it then becomes really expensive. Or if you want the extra de parfum of musk, musk usually comes from... I think it's a gland. If, if I'm wrong, somebody correct me. But I think it's a gland in male deer. And it's somewhere between the skin under the stomach. So they cut that gland out. They pretty much, yeah. A lot of the fragrances that we love come from really weird places. But um, they squeeze the gland out. And the, the liquid pretty much dries to like this grainy powder. And they can just reconstitute that powder in a lot of things. And apparently, we as humans, we really like that scent because they put musk in everything. Um, yeah. So, so how do you apply the like very concentrated one? Is it still like a spritz, or do you? Is it like an oil that you apply with like a? Yeah. So it depends. The extrait de parfum, they can be a spritz of oil, but this is the other thing to consider, right? Which, the extrait de parfum. You can you can get an atomizer to spray it because you you can you can you can atomize the oil. It's not a problem. But the issue is people who wear a lot of linens and whites they avoid the extrait de parfum because it's mm. just concentrated oil. And if that oil has a color, it will stain your clothes. Mm. Which is why people who have expensive fragrances they prefer to spray it on parts of their skin that doesn't touch their garments because that shit will stain. Mm. I have some fragrances. That I, I like, if I'm wearing white, I, I can't wear that fragrance when I'm wearing white. Because oh. if I spray it on my neck and my neck touches my collar, that's it. That's it. I, it's hard to get out. It's so hard to get out. So, yeah. Huh. But you can. You can you can spray the extra parfum. But usually what people do is, um I don't know if you've seen this before. Some designer fragrances come in, like, a tube that has a roller glob. It's like a... I don't oh, in, yeah. in England they have like the shore deodorant that come in the same way it's like a roller ball this is back in the I don't know if I'm giving my age away by saying this but it used to come with like a there'd be a liquid in the middle and there'd be like a, a ball that rolls on the top and you just roll the ball yeah and some fragrances come like that and if it's really concentrated oil that ball you just roll it at your pressure points and that's how you apply those oh, but like how lip glosses come with the roller ball I feel like there's some exactly that that. yeah yeah oh a lip gloss is a better idea. I don't know why I didn't think <laughs> than of that. English Thank deodorant. You. Yeah, the lip glosses. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, but I don't. Have you have you seen the short deodorants that used to come out in like the eighties and nineties? Do you remember those? The no. ones that have the, the ball roller on top. No. Oh. Later, like I'll send you like a, a photo of this so you see what it looks like. I, I hope people who are listening to this know what I'm talking about. But there's a brand called Shore, and they have deodorants that used to come with a roller ball on top. So what scents do you like, typically? Um, so I'm not going to have the right vocabulary for this, but I like the sort of like warm spice sort of scents. I like amber and vanilla. Um, like I know this isn't like fragrance that you wear, but I really enjoy like around the holidays, all the things like candles and things they have that are uh, sort of wintry. 
Oh, themed. those are usually spicy. Yeah. Yeah, I like those. I also like tropical scents. I guess I also like. I don't know. Some of this might be like a psychological association, but I really enjoy tropical scents, mm. especially like coconut stuff. That very like it's fresh, but yeah. it's also got sort of a richness to it. The sort of tropical scent things. Yeah, I'm trying to think of one in my head right now, and I, I can't think of any. But I know I kind of have a general. Some of those people say they smell like um, suntan lotion, mm-hmm. which suntan lotion for most people smells great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying this is what you're describing, but a lot of suntan lotion comes with that like coconut um, tropical scent. Mm-hmm. That's how they usually come. But I, I like those too. But I think so. A lot of I like all of them. It just depends how they're done, and that's gonna sound like a. Yeah. Miscongeniality answer because yeah. <laughs> there are some that I hate and we'll get that to that in a second but like a lot of the fragrances that I like and I'm not talking like I just I just look through the, the collection that I have and I'm like oh I have so many more bottles of fresh clean blue citrus fragrances hmm. that's apparently what I like because apparently like by the numbers I have more bottles of that than anything else and then after that I like the warm fragrances I don't like the woodsy as much but every once in a while, like some woodsy ones are done very well, and I like those. The spicy and oriental, I do like. I think I like that more than woodsy. I like gourmand fragrances. I actually let me rephrase. I love gourmand fragrances, and I'll explain. I don't know if you know. Uh, gourmand nope. is basically <laughs> I don't know is. it's <laughs> they they're a class of fragrances that smell like edible pastries. Huh. So it's usually like delectable vanilla, like really uh, some tiramisu. They're, they smell so delicious. Marshmallow. Actually, uh, Rihanna made one gourmand fragrance really popular because she, in an interview, said, um, it's called Love Don't Be Shy by Killian. That's also a niche fragrance house. It's not a designer. It's expensive as fuck. I tried buying <laughs> that fragrance, and I was like, Mama, I don't have that kind of money. Not on my watch. But it is a really good fragrance, and it's like the marshmallowy type fragrance, and it's mm-hmm. so delectable, delicious. Mm. The problem with that is, you can't wear those fragrances outside dead of winter. You could, mm. but you have to like you have to have freshly taken a shower and like just put it on. Because what happens is, if it gets beaten down by the sun, it ends up being this thick, dense, syrupy sweetness, mm. um, and it becomes cloying. Yeah. So those fragrances typically it's not recommended you wear them in high heat. So they can only last a really short period of. Unless you live in a place that's winter all year round. So (laughs) I usually stay away from gourmand fragrances. But I do, instead of wearing them, I do just like to spray them Mm. around the house. Because they just smell so good. As opposed to, because if you wear them on your skin, they'll go bad fast. But gourmand fragrances are great. Um, And sheep fragrances, which, these are basically, they're warm, woody, and dry. They usually have, like, labdanum in them. Hmm. I don't like sheep fragrances. Like, I don't like them, but... um, if depending on how they're done, they're okay. Uh, Wait, can I so, go back to something else you said? What is blue? Sure. What does blue? What does blue smell like? <laughs> it's not honestly. I'll, I'll let me tell you. Please. Look at this. Do you see the color of the bottle? It's blue. <laughs> this, by the way, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. Well, this is what I wore for your wedding. Oh, cool. This is Jean Paul Gaultier Le Mal. But this is Lamal Ultra. I also have the original Lamal somewhere upstairs, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but literally, the blue fragrances, they 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 fall under like the fresh, clean aquatics, and mm. because they're aquatic fragrances, they just color the bottles blue. Mm. <laughs> blue, 
Oh, I think my husband has that one that you just held up. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. This is um, Aqua di Gio Profondo. Uh, prof- this is Profondo. But they also have one called Profumo that's more leathery. But mm. they smell kind of similar. This is also blue. This is um, Blue de Chanel. Blue de Chanel is actually, I think, it set up oh. this trend of blue fragrances. I think. Because before Blue de Chanel, blue fragrances weren't as popular. And then there's also Dior Sauvage. That is, but if you want to d- define something as a blue fragrance, that is a motherfucking blue fragrance. Mm. But <laughs> blue, <laughs> blue, <laughs> yeah. So blue fragrances are like fresh, clean aquatics, and they just call them blue because okay. they try to mimic the the look of the ocean, so they're blue. Um. Anyway. Honestly, my mom was upset. She goes, all this money you spend on fragrances, like, I was like, work. I mean, <laughs> what else am I going to do? Um, yeah. So that's what blue fragrances are. So, yeah. But what fragrances do you like? Oh, do you dislike? <laughs> I see this already and I agree with you. So, I mean, sort of like you said, there's not a single scent that I'm like, oh, if it has that in it, like, get it away from me. Like, um, like, a. Uh, there's things I like more and things I like less, but I don't really like the resiny, piney kind of smell. I don't know. I agree. Um, I, I don't love them. And there's also, I didn't, uh, patchouli I don't like very much. Um, and also I agree. S- some types of like f- flowery can get like overpowering for me. I don't know the particular flowers, but I know there's some like really floral ones that I just don't particularly like rose is one of those for me i i do not like rose mm. the overload of rose gives me i, I can't do it i just hmm. yeah but um i know what you're talking about like with that patchouli so a lot of fragrances will do because patchouli is one of the most it's it's i think in my opinion it could be one of the heavier molecules mm. and it just lets it it will it lasts so long so mm. if you want another fragrance to last long you slap patchouli on top of it. And then mm. patchouli pretty much trap that fragrance and you can have it be as long lasting as possible. Oh. But the actual the patchouli just get, get, oh my God, it's too much. It's too, and a lot of fragrances, like I think Thierry Mugler is notorious for using patchouli in a lot of his stuff. I do not own a single Mugler fragrance yeah. for that reason. <laughs> I, the, it, they're great fragrances, I swear to God, but once you get to the, I, the, the, the base notes, uh, patchouli overload, I can't do mm-hmm. it. But, um, yeah, but I also, I, I don't really like woodsy fragrances. I used to wear woodsy. I think I might have burned myself out. So the Calvin <laughs> Klein, when I was much younger, I, I really like, I wouldn't try this today. The Calvin Klein Eternity. And I used to wear Burberry for men in college and mama. I look back down. I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> why did I do that? It, it, it's not great. Um, I'm also not fond of the leathery fragrances. Hmm. And there's one I'm thinking about in mind. I don't know if I'll talk about this elsewhere here. But there's a fragrance called Dracar Noir. I've heard of it. Yeah. That fragrance came out in 1982. And the late 70s slash 80s is when those masculine men's fragrances were really popular. Hmm. Dense leather, dense patchouli. Mama. <laughs> headache overload and i don't know if this will make sense like a lot of the men that were like in their teenage slash 20s in the 80s they just got stuck with that fragrance and literally you'll see somebody's father or uncle today 
and they'll smell just like that. And I, I swear to God, it's Dracar Noir they're wearing. I can just smell it and be like, <laughs> I know what you're wearing. It's like, and I don't mean any shade when I say this. It's typically like those hairy, burly Middle Eastern men that love this scent. Hmm. That could be stereotyping, cancel me, but like it's the easiest way for me to get you to think of the the fragrance. Mm. Yeah. And I love that for them, honestly. I, me personally, that's not my vibe. I'm not about that life, but I love that for them. Oh, yeah. So as someone who doesn't know, I mean, I had enough, like a hard enough time sort of extracting out the individual scents that I like. Um, and when they're in combinations like that, I just don't know a lot about it. So what are some scents or scent combinations you would recommend if you're going for a certain vibe? Like if you're wanting to feel elegant or fresh or sexy <laughs> or something like that. Right. I'd, I, I, I know a little bit for women, but honestly, I need to go harder on my women's fragrances because I, I don't know as much. But um, I mean, I'm sure we have male listeners, too, so. I would have to recommend something that's popular in that category so people can easily find it because if I recommend like a niche or boutique fragrance, <laughs> those are too expensive and they're usually not easy to find. You can't, mm -hmm. it's not the case where you can walk into a Macy's or a yeah. Neiman Marcus and pick it up. <laughs> you would literally need to go find these niche fragrances and order directly from them. Yeah. yeah if they, you want to yeah. be elegant, you have to go to this one shop in Manhattan and buy <laughs> this $600 perfume. <laughs> Otherwise, not you know elegant. You what? <laughs> For women, for fresh and clean, one of the popular ones is Dolce & Gabbana Light Blue for women. It's very lemony, clean, fresh. It works. I think they've reformulated the original bottle, and it, I don't think it's as good as it used to be, but it's still a great fragrance. They've also made like a newer one called Light Blue Intense, which that one I think is slightly better, but with time we'll see what happens with that one too. The If you want to smell like sexy, I, the J'adore by Christian Dior women, I think they have a newer one. I, I don't know what it's called, but I think that one is really nice. Again, my recommendations, don't take them as gospel. Go check them out in stores first. Yeah. Um, for the elegant, I think when people say elegant, they try to mean like a woman who is mature and sophisticated. And a lot of those fragrances usually take notes that were traditionally marketed for men hmm. and make them into women's fragrance. So a good example is something like Tom Ford's Black Orchid. Hmm. And a lot of people love that fragrance. Actually, that fragrance, I don't know. I think it's marketed to women. But honestly, I men wear it all the time. Hmm. And I think, but sensual, I would go with Tom Ford's Tobacco Vanille. Which I have. Mm. But again, that one could also skew a little masculine. If you're a woman and you like a little masculine sense, you might love it. And I'm throwing masculine as if that means anything. But I hope you know what I mean. They're a little denser, a little richer, or whatever. And I actually, I do have that tobacco vanille. That's what I wore. This is what I mean, right? The scents remind me of very specific times in my life. The scent that I wore to your wedding, I'll always remember that scent. Mm. That Tom Ford's tobacco vanille. I wore that to my sister's wedding. I'm never going to forget that scent. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I wore Donna Karen's Cashmere Mist to my wedding because that's the one. That's <laughs> 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 the one. That you <laughs> it's a great fragrance. It is a great fragrance. But also for the sensual, I would also recommend, this is also a niche. If you have $500 to waste, this is exactly how you should waste it. It's by Maison Francis Kirk de Jean. And it's called 
Baccarat Rouge 540. This fragrance is vanilla delectable to the extreme. It's beautiful. And the knockoff of it would be like, if you just walk into fucking Victoria's Secret and you buy the bare vanilla, <laughs> it's supposed to be close, but like that one is, you have to go smell the real thing and understand what I'm saying. Yeah. They're kind of sort of in the same wheelhouse, but you can tell one is so much more expensive than the other one. You can yeah. just tell. But for men, I would recommend if you want to do bold, I would recommend again Tom Ford is a solid choice no matter how you go. Tom Ford is Tom Ford Oudwood or Ombre Leather. They're both masculine fragrances. They're the the bold. If you also want to go bold, there's also the Pacarabane One Million. Everybody has this fragrance. It's that <laughs> fragrance that looks like a gold brick. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't have it because I, I can't. Funny story. This is a good place to tell the story. <laughs> when I was interviewing in like 2017, I wore, I made the mistake of wearing that fragrance. <laughs> I wore the Pacaro Band 1 million. And I have to say it this way. I didn't have the full bottle. I got a sample of it because I had bought another fragrance. Mm. And I was just trying it out. And I will advise people, do not try out a brand new fragrance on a big day. Mm. Wear something that you know works. Because I just sprayed the fragrance. I, I put the suit on and I went to the interview. When I tell you, oh, no. I regretted it the minute that spritz touched my skin. I instantly regretted it. It's a great fragrance. So it smells delicious. But that fragrance is especially loud. Mm. Especially loud. <laughs> and I was wearing a wool suit. Wool. <laughs> the wool just soaked that fragrance in. And mama. The, like, everywhere I went, I was so self-conscious at how loud my fragrance was. I was so, the whole day I was self-conscious. I was like, God fucking damn it. So, yeah, that fragrance is great. So if you want to be bold, you can wear that. But again, the other thing is everybody else has this fragrance. Everybody wears it. So you're not going to be unique or new, which most people don't care about that. A lot of people just wear fragrance that's going to be pleasing to everybody around them. I wear fragrance that I enjoy, even if people around me don't love it. Fuck that. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you want to be elegant, I would recommend the Christian Dior, Diorum Intense. It's, I actually, that's, that's my go-to fragrance in the winter. If you want to go fresh, I would recommend Pacara Bands Invictus Aqua. People won't shut up about Creed Aventus. <laughs> it's, it's not even on this list. I just remembered it when I was talking to you. Creed Aventus is hailed to be the best men's fragrance ever period <laughs> everybody loves this fragrance me personally i think it's just okay it's good <laughs> and the reason why i think it's good is because it works in all seasons any application mm. it just works it's a it's so beautifully crafted and it has this unusual note of birch in there hmm. and birch smells like um smoke like a little smoky so it's it's very calm and demure, but it has citrus in there. It has like has notes of pineapple. I think I think it might be pineapple or blackcurrant. It might be both. I'm not sure, but it's it's like citrus sweet yet smoky, and it's it is a beautiful fragrance. I just think it's okay. When people say it's the number one best fragrance ever, I'm like, all right, all right. And that bottle, the three ounce of it, costs like three to four hundred dollars. It is a niche house. I hate, 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 hate Chanel number five. <laughs> 
Um, but a lot of it's it's iconic. A lot of women love it. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I it's a great fragrance, but I just don't like it. Carolina Herrera's Good Girl, which I've shown this one to you before, and I talked about this in one of the old episodes. This bottle design might be my favorite bottle design. Oh, the design shoe of all one, time. yeah. <laughs> it's the bottle design is so great. I don't know why they like looking at the design. I don't know. This this fragrance should not work. Like the bottle design is crazy, but what is interesting about this bottle design is one of the few bottles where the atomizer is actually pressurized. And uh. what I mean by that is, a lot of fragrances. Some fragrances have good atomizers. Some have okay. Like the mist is too fine, or the mist is too like big. It just goes in one direction. Doesn't quite puff. This one, the actual atomizer is pressurized, so you don't have to like if you spray it, like. The force with which you spray does not matter. Oh. The, like the the for, the force is already contained in the atomizer. It will push it out for you. A lot of fragrances oh. you actually have to press really hard for you to get different levels of spray. This one, yeah. the spray is always the same. If you depress it, it'll do the same thing all the time. Oh. One of my favorite. This fragrance is really good. It's a Carolina Herrera is known for making these gaudy bottles. They're they're more gaudy than even Versace. <laughs> like I don't know Versace and Carolina Herrera I think they're in competition with each other they will make the gaudiest bottles ever but the bottle design is such a fun element of fragrances though yes yeah I sometimes I buy a fragrance I swear I, ha- I can't lie to you some fragrances I don't think are great but I will buy it just for the bottle <laughs> that one is not one of those like that one I love the bottle and the actual a lot of people don't like that fragrance they think it smells like um a party girl vomit <laughs> <laughs> because it, it like it smells like coffee and like uh, it's like sparkly coffee has some aldehydes in it like it c- it could be nauseating to some people who don't like those scents but they're it's it's a great fragrance. I told you about the Moschino Toy Boy. Oh yeah, the little bear bottle. <laughs> it is a bear bottle. Moschino that. does also really funny. They like Moschino is pretty much like a, they're a troll company. Like, <laughs> they have I swear to God they have one fragrance that the bottle looks like Windex. I shit you not, like the same color scheme. The juice is blue, the paper on the on the front is like blue and white. It, it looks the spray is is shaped like a Windex spray. It's like a, the Windex trigger. And the first version of the toy that they made, it was actually a fragrance that was embedded into an actual teddy bear. And the tag on the teddy bear says, "This is not a teddy bear." it's it's genius it, the the packaging is genius i love it so much the boutique fragrances are different from the designer fragrances because the designer fragrances are just made for mass appeal mm-hmm. and they'll just upcharge you because of the name of the designer as opposed to the ingredients that are in the fragrance if that makes sense mm-hmm. a lot of the molecules and ingredients come from different things but to the untrained nose they smell kind of similar so say for instance if i spray blood orange grapefruit lemon lime they're all citrus even if i spray bergamot bergamot is kind of the one that's kind of different but they're all citrus mm-hmm. and to the untrained nose you can't tell the difference between blood orange grapefruit lime and lemon to you you just smell citrus mm-hmm. so what some fragrances will do is the minute difference between blood orange and grapefruit if grapefruit is cheaper they'll just put grapefruit yeah. So the same fragrance that may come from a niche house may actually use blood orange. But if you go buy it from a designer, similar fragrance, they would have used grapefruit instead or lime or lemon or something else. So a lot of the niche houses, the reason why they are preferred is because 
you know you're getting the actual scent. They're not copying out the original designer's vision. They stay true to that. Mm. That's why they're more expensive because some of those fragrances are expensive. The other thing is a lot of these fragrances, say for instance, Oakmos, I know you just said your sister might be allergic to some scents. A lot of people are allergic to some of these ingredients. Mm. So a lot of the governing bodies, after a while, they'll be like, you can no longer make fragrance with this ingredient. Or if you choose to stay with that ingredient, you can only use this much of it in there. And then that fragrance has has to go look for, if they want to continue to make that fragrance, either they have two decisions now. Either they just discontinue that fragrance completely because they don't want to like break the artist's vision for what it should smell like. Or they have to go look for another either synthetic or a different scent that can sort of work in the same way. And that's when, when they reformulate it, it might not smell the same. It doesn't smell as good. It doesn't last as long for that reason. But a lot of these niche houses, they, they, they have the money. So they're like, you don't want us to make it like that anymore. They just stop making it altogether. So they do stay true to the vision of the artist who created that smell. So why do you think, I, I love slash hate perfume commercials and cologne commercials. They are wild. I don't know why they're so wild. <laughs> I, but I think, I, and I will say this though, right? All fragrances are, especially wearable fragrances, it's all marketing. Like it, mm-hmm. it can't be taken seriously. They're not selling you pharmaceutical drugs. Mm-hmm. They're not selling you a car. They're not selling you a computer. They're selling you a scent. It's ephemeral. It's something that mm-hmm. is not tangible. So th- there's, there's nothing time. They can market it any how they want. Yeah. They can do anything. That, that they have the, I think this is why there's some of the best commercials you will see is because there's no rule. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking rule. They can do whatever they want. The reason why, and I have to say this outright, I, I don't think I'm one of those people who commercials and ads get me to buy something. That Moschino Boy toy, I didn't. I, I knew about the fragrance and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. The day I saw the actual full commercial for it, I was like, I'm buying this fragrance. <laughs> that could, that ad got me. It's like this guy in, do you know who Tom of Finland is? No. Tom of Finland, I think is the artist. And he used to draw this erotic art hmm. where it's pretty much burly men who are in like leather police gear. They have the aviator sunglasses, <laughs> the police, the police bream hat, the b- big chest, the broad shoulders. And they have like these leather pants. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I've just described a visual for you, but yeah. like. Yeah, I got the. You know what I'm talking about, right? (laughs) And the commercial for the Toy Boy was a tall model in that getup. He had the hat, the leather pants, the sort of leather jacket, the kind of like. And he is literally running through a garden maze (laughs) with a huge ass. I think he starts off with a huge ass teddy bear and (laughs) he ends up just running with a huge ass bottle of Moschino Boy toy. It makes no sense. He's just running to it, posing, running, posing, running. And it's like shot in this black and white. And it is so exquisite. It's so pleasing to look at. As soon as I saw that commercial, I was like, I'm buying this fragrance. They got me. I don't got God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't got God. And literally a week later, I was ordering that fragrance. Right. You literally can't communicate a smell. Like you can't have someone sample that product over like television or the computer. So you have to represent a scent visually, but some of them are like 
okay, so this smells like an acid trip, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We could talk about that for a second. That, what you just described, I'm sure there's a fragrance out there that somebody has designed to smell like an acid trip. (laughs) And I would like, this is the thing, but once you read that, it's, it's, it would be, you kind of want to buy it to know if they, if you've ever been on an acid trip, you want to know if it, if it's, and sometimes they nail it on the head. Yeah, I guess that's a great segue into like the weird scents that people love. People like some people like the smell of gasoline. I don't like the smell of gasoline, but I know some people like it. Some fragrances actually are designed to smell like gasoline. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, the smell of nail polish, like that acetone type smell. People like that because it's a little bit sweet. I think I actually don't mind the smell of acetone. It, if it's too much, it gives me a headache, but I don't mind it. Yeah. Um, rubbing alcohol. The smell of a burnt match sti- uh, the of a burnt matchstick is also great. Mm-hmm. I actually like that scent a little bit. People like sharpies and felt pens. The smell of rain, mm-hmm. which depending on where you are, like I I don't love the, like if I were in a mountain and there's greenery all around me, that smell of rain would be great. But the smell of rain in Baltimore City. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm not Absolutely buying that. Not. No. Not. I'm definitely not <laughs> buying that. The smell of no. rain in Baltimore. <laughs> right. I'm not buying that. But like, you know what I mean? The smell of rain. People love the smell of rain. Oh, the smell of shoe stores. Remember, um, what's the name of that shoe store that they used to wear like a referee jersey top? Oh, uh, uh, what's it called? I know what you mean. Come on, brain. Uh, what's it called? Foot Locker. Foot Locker. Foot Locker. <laughs> <laughs> Locker. locker shit <laughs> oh, thank you for fi- i i, I was locker. like googling um a shoe store with referee jersey but yeah foot locker <laughs> if you walk into a foot locker you, you know that smell or a nike store mm-hmm. like that the the smell of uh, new shoes yeah mm-hmm. that i people like that or like the i don't know i think they they make fragrances car fragrances that's supposed to smell like a new car yeah. i've not seen one that gets it right Hmm. But yeah, the, you know, new car smells those with thing, and inflatable toys. If you like, get a new floaty or something, you know that like fresh rubber smell. Yeah. Yeah, people like that too. Yeah, huh. these are just a few of the yeah. Oh, and fresh cut grass. That's another one people like. Yeah, I actually do not like fresh cut grass. I oh. don't know why. I I hate it. I hate it. Like I would prefer like the smell of like fresh linens, but mm-hmm. that fresh cut grass. I'm not about that life. Yeah, but again, people like what they like. I don't know. So I want to get your opinion on cheap versus expensive fragrances. So like not the ni- not niche versus designer, but like body sprays. Because I, I can't sit here and act like I have not used some like Bath and Body Works glitter mist bullshit whatever body spray. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I've done that. And my... Uh, my mother-in-law actually says that she can smell the difference between the like cheap and the more expensive perfumes and that cheap ones give her a headache. And I don't know enough and can't smell well enough that I don't have any, like, is there something to that? Is that just bouginess? What is, I want your take. I, I mean, I think it's both bougie, but there is some truth to it though. She not lying. Um, (laughs) I will start off by saying Axe, body spray i don't know i know i know like women use the body mist like teenage boys use like the axe no axe body spray is a fucking travesty i'm gonna say that again a lot of people in the back so they can hear me axe body spray is a fucking travesty 
Don't do it. No, no, no. Fuck Axe body spray. No, no, no. So bad. So bad. Like, the high school gym lockers, I used to hate going in there. It was so (laughs) nauseating. I was like, why are you people like this? Yeah, and they they would go hard. And of course, you know it's like it's it's a it's a one spray pressurized canister. So mm-hmm. you literally depress the thing one time until the bottle is empty, and that's what they'll do. Yeah, they'll depress the the, the spray and just keep going. They'll yes. douse themselves with it, and they and they're not applying it to fresh skin. They're applying it to like a, a body that has just run like two or three miles. It doesn't smell good. You're just masking a terrible scent with another terrible scent. Mm-hmm. It's bad, but. What I will say is, it's not all cheap fragrances that do this, and all fragrances that do this are not cheap, but most cheap fragrances, that's why they're cheap. They don't source Mm -hmm. the pure aromatic resins and compounds. What they'll do is, they'll have a little bit of the actual aromatic resin or compound, and they'll just compensate by adding a lot of benzaldehyde. Like, Hmm. a lot. And benzaldehyde, (laughs) I know, they just... (laughs) <laughs> wholesale so it'd be like maybe one percent of the actual just slap a whole bunch of benzaldehyde with it and the problem is so benzaldehyde kind of smells like bitter almonds hmm. so a little whiff of it is good but when it's if that's like the majority of the fragrance you just get a conchetic instantly hmm. and you're again you're a better chemist so i you'd be able to speak more on this than i would but a lot of aldehydes smell like different things so some aldehydes can smell metallic, some can smell waxy or florally. I know that benzaldehyde just smells like bitter almonds, but like there are a lot of aldehydes that will do different things. So mm-hmm. if you are if you are going for a floral scent and you happen to have an aldehyde that sort of ish smells floral, you'll compensate, put a little bit of the actual resin that smells floral, and you just dump a whole bunch of benzaldehyde on uh, no, a whole bunch of whatever the aldehyde is that smells like floral on top. Hmm. So the problem is all that aldehyde will just give you a headache. Mm. However, there are some extremely expensive fragrances that are intentionally, they intentionally use the aldehyde. Huh. They'll still give you a headache, but they're expensive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's good to know because I tend to, yeah, I have to ask other people because I can't smell things very well. So I like... Sometimes I'll be wearing something that's very strong smelling to other people that I don't realize. So this is good to know. I'll invest. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I think I, I don't I don't like I think I have a decent sense of smell. Actually, I have a pretty good sense of smell. <laughs> the only person that I know who has an even better sense of smell than me is my mother. Mm. This woman, she can smell anything like <laughs> and she know she's so on it um and i this is a great segue into this segment right we're we're gonna talk about people who wear too much fragrances and mama <laughs> some people wear a lot like and sometimes i feel like it's not that person's fault like they may just they may not be wearing a lot of that fragrance they could just be wearing a fragrance that has a whole bunch of patchouli in it yeah. And it just, you know what I mean? It's like they could have only like used half a spritz. Like it's, mm-hmm. they would have put the smallest amount and it just poof, fills the entire room. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, sometimes it's not their fault. But anyway, what do you think of that? Of people who wear too much fragrance? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of that, it sends me back to when 
when we used to go to church and all the old church ladies would be like doused in perfume and they'd all be wearing different perfumes. I feel like sitting in the pew, like drowning in fragrance. (laughs) That's that's what Uh, I think of. I don't know what the old church ladies wore, but oh my God, they were doing all doing the most all at the same time. Or people who, you talked about this with the axe, but people who use a bunch of fragrance to like cover up their body odor, except they just put it, like, the body odor doesn't go away. Now you just have more sense. More. I I just can't. Okay. Two things here, right? I will say this. If you are going to wear a fragrance, make sure, please make sure, if you're going to apply it to skin, the skin has to be freshly washed and exfoliated. Mm. Both. You can't just rub a little bit of, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, shower gel on there and be like oh yeah that's good no you have to exfoliate the surface that you're gonna put the, I swear to god okay, huh. this is the other thing people say right they'll say stuff like oh that fragrance has to work with your body chemistry for it to be good first of all I don't know how much truth there is to that because your body chemistry should not be changing the scent of the fragrance hmm. the only thing that your body can do if you run a little hot or whatever you your your body should maybe lift the top note quicker hmm. like you you know what i mean like the yeah. notes will lift quicker off your skin if you're just if you just run a little more, more hot but if this fragrance smells bad when you wear it is because you didn't cleanse the skin on which you're applying that fragrance so mm-hmm. whatever is on that skin is going to affect that you know what i mean oh. so you have to scrub the surface that you're going to apply that fragrance on to make sure it's a clean surface then the fragrance can take its truest form. People will say, oh, it's just your body chemistry. No, mama, it's not your body chemistry. You just didn't wash your body. <laughs> <laughs> Go wash your fucking body. Yeah, that, and that, I hate when people say that. They're like, oh, it, that fragrance doesn't work with my body chemistry. Like, no, Margaret, you didn't shower. Um, <laughs> anyway. But anyway, so yeah, that's that's the thing. I, I think, um, yeah, don't do, like, if you're going to wear fragrance, please put it on freshly exfoliated and washed skin. If you're going to put it on skin. And the other thing is, people do the thing where they'll, if you're going to repeat an outfit and you haven't dry cleaned or washed it, you do not put fragrance on an, an outfit you've worn previously. Because whatever you smelled like the first time, like whatever sweat, whatever's on that fragrance, like when you're going to, if you're going to put, like that's what I mean. Everything has to be fresh and clean for you to apply a fragrance to it. Like the, mm. it has to be crisp, clean shirt. You have to have exfoliated your whole, like, you know what I mean? For the fragrance to really do what it's supposed to do. Yeah, but. And now, the other thing is, my mother accuses me of wearing a lot of fragrance. <laughs> she not wrong. She not wrong. And the, it, I, 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 I know it too. I, like, I also have a decent sense of smells. I know it too. So what happens is, I try to... I have some staple fragrances for certain seasons, right? I have my go-to fragrance for the winter. It's Christian Dior's Diorum Intense. And I mix it a little bit with um, Dolce & Gabbana Light Blue Intense. And then when I, when I transition into the spring, I go to the, my, my regular go-to is the Invictus Aqua. That's just my... And that's these are dumb reaches. I and mean, when I say dumb reach, like, if I'm not thinking about it, I don't, like, don't want to mm. think about which fragrance combination I want to... Like, these are the just... I just grab them. I know they're going to work in these seasons. I don't have to think too hard. Mm. I have other ones that I sprinkle in depending on how I feel. But if I switch between winter and f- spring... I'm used to being a little more trigger heavy in the winter simply because 
the scent won't travel in the winter. It's just cold outside. The air is mm-hmm. more, it's not moving. Like, so I'm like, I, I go a little trigger heavy in the winter and it's fine. But if I'm, if my brain is just used to the, like, instead of doing two <laughs> spritz, I usually do four. Yeah. Like I could switch to my spring fragrance and without thinking, I'll just do four. Yeah. And I, like, as soon as I do that, I'm like, oh, the air is thinner now. Like this is going to travel. And what happens is if my mom and I get in the same car, <laughs> she's like, crack the fucking windows. She'll literally just say, open the windows. Because again, and I know to her and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, give it some 20, 25 minutes. I promise. Like, it'll because like I, I pretty much mm-hmm. know the fragrance that I'm wearing I'm like I know how long it'll take to wear down to the second I'm like sorry one time I remember I was late to an exam and that's exactly what happened I was late to an exam and I was like running out the door like running out the door and I just grabbed my dumb reach spring fragrance and I did my four spritz and I think it might have been that Jean-Paul Gaultier Le Mal mm-hmm. and it's heavy on mint and whatever the top notes are, it's very, um, it travels far too. It, it, if you put it on you, it doesn't seem like it travels far, but when you sit in a room, it like fills up that room instantly. So as soon as I got into that exam hall, I had to apologize to the people around me. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I know my fragrance is really strong and it's going to hurt your concentration for this exam. But in roughly 20 minutes, you'll be good. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I did that. I was like, I know too, like, this is a strong fragrance. But um, so what I usually do now is I, I make sure that whatever fragrance I have that's a dumb reach, I make sure that it's like one that's it's going to dissipate really quickly. So even if it's strong, like mm. it'll in a few minutes, it'll be gone. <sighs> I am one of those people who sometimes worry. And I, I, it's not every day. Like I, I know too. So for the most part, I'm good. But every once in a while, I offend. But here's the thing. What you will not say, though, what nobody has the guts to say is, even if my fragrance is, is strong, you won't say it's a bad fragrance. Mm-hmm. You will not. Because every fragrance <laughs> that I wear, I make sure it's an enjoyable fragrance. Not only for, like, for me first, but also for the people around me. So mm-hmm. even if it's strong, it will be good. I won't bring a fucking Dracar Noir and ruin <laughs> your life. Like, or an Axe body spray. I, oh. I just won't do that to you. So how do you apply fragrances? It depends on the occasion you're wearing it. And it also depends on what you're going to be doing. Hmm. So, they're like, so if you're going to like a formal event, you probably want to wear something that travels but is light. If you are going to a club, you want something that travels and is loud. <laughs> um, and in that case, what you do is you probably would apply it to both your skin and your clothing for a club. Mm. If you're also going to like a formal dress up event, like a black tie event, you probably want to you want to spray a little bit on your clothing because the stuff on the clothing will not lift as quickly as the stuff on your skin, and you want it to last as long. But you also don't want it to be loud. But if you're going mm. to a club, mama, because <laughs> you're going to be in a packed house, like right, you, you know. <laughs> Um, but typically people wear fragrances in, on their pulse points and places that people are likely to smell. So if you are, if you are going for, I'll say this plainly, if you are going for a hookup date, you probably want to spray it on your decotage or your clavicle. (laughs) Just saying. 
<laughs> but typically, like the standard places, pulse points, because the pulse points are pretty much the places that people will check your pulse, and those are the places that there's a an artery or a vein that's close enough to the skin, such that that place will run a little bit of hot because of the the circulation. So the fragrances will lift better from those places, if that makes sense. Yeah. I never knew why. Like, I put fragrances on my wrists, and no one ever told me why, and I've never questioned why. And I (laughs) don't, but but I don't, I did did not know until this moment why. (laughs) Right. They're they're your pulse points. So Mm -hmm. uh, the inside of your wrists, the inside of your elbows is the places that people check your points, like right under your, um, I don't know what this is called, your neck, pretty much, um, (laughs) and behind your ears. And so, but some of these places also double is, so if you're a lady, old English tradition, you stretch your hand for somebody to kiss your hand. If somebody hugs you, they'll probably smell the back of your ear. Because, mm. you know, when they, when they go around to hug you, if you put it on your clavicle, when they're coming in for the hug, they'll smell that. Or uh, drag queens do this too. They'll put the fragrance on the, the back of their hand. So when they go in to reach for that dollar bill, mm. you smell it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it just, yeah, and some people actually, um, you know, there are also there are pressure points that are not easily accessible, like the, the back of your knee or like your around your ankle area. Some people can be extra as fuck and still put fragrances there, but like <laughs> they're not as accessible. Yeah. Um, what I don't think is wise is for you to put fragrance in your armpit. Like deodorant is it. Do not put fragrance under your arm. I think that's a, like if it's a high alcohol, like it's just going to dry out under your arm. It's, it's, it's not a wise thing. Just don't do that. Oh, I'm learning so much. This is great. So where do you start if you're someone like me who has received one perfume as a gift? <laughs> um, <laughs> where do you start if you want to like get into fragrances? Go to a perfume counter. Right. Again, after the panoramic, because like I feel like with the pandemic, if you're putting a mask on, you might not be able to smell the fragrance. You know what I mean? And ask to smell a few. And the person at the fragrance counter is usually knowledgeable enough to guide you through. They'll ask you, do you want to smell something that's spicy? Do you want to smell something that's warm? Do you want to smell something that's floral? Do you want to smell something that's fresh? And they'll just show you like an example of each. And what I will recommend is people don't know this. The olfactory profile of fragrances can bleed into each other, which makes sense. So mm. what you should request is if they have a cup of coffee beans or co- a ground coffee, because ground coffee is like a what they call a palate cleanser. But what I think it's really doing is the olfactory profile of coffee beans is like so much higher than a lot of other oils and fragrance that as soon as you put your nose on it, it pretty much resets your nose. So in between smelling a fragrance, make sure you ask them for that so you can clear your nose. Because sometimes what ends up happening is you could, if they put it on a test strip and you're smelling them back to back, sometimes the one that you smelled first will bleed into the second one. And if you hated the second one and you liked the first one, you'll think that the second one is good. So you may get the second one. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you just got the wrong one. And then when you go home and you smell it. The other thing I will recommend is when you go to these places, just when you go, just make sure you exfoliate the inside of your wrists, wash like your, your wrists or whatever, and don't bite at your first visit. Hmm. And here's why. Because a lot of fragrances companies, they know this. So what they'll do is they'll put easy to like top notes. So as soon as you spray it in the air, you spray it, you're going to love that initial burst. 
but when it dries down, you may hate the dry down. You may absolutely hate it. So mm -hmm. what I'll say is, make sure your, your skin is exfoliated as you go and just spray one on each arm and remember which one you sprayed. And then just wear it throughout the day. And then smell it five hours, seven hours later and see if it lasts long, if you like it. And then whichever one you like at the end of the day, then go back the next day and buy it. Because that way you have a true understanding of what the top note, the middle note, and the base note smells like. Mm -hmm. um, I would also say, this is not as helpful, but watch fragrance review videos. Because it's really interesting to see a lot of people who do the fragrance review videos, because they can't transmit smell through the screen, they have to get really creative as to how to describe the fragrance. And that is really informative. Mm -hmm. Or what they'll do is they'll compare it to something that's really popular. And if you've smelled that popular thing, it kind of gives you like a base working knowledge. So yeah, and they do, a lot of these fragrance reviewers are actually the ones that have been in the business for a really long time. They kind of have like a, a good way to walk you through the fragrances and they'll give you like honest opinions. And I will say though is, if a fragrance reviewer doesn't like something, that doesn't mean you'll also hate it. You should still go smell it because mm. maybe they just have different likes and dislikes and they may not match yours. The third thing is, and this is my favorite one to recommend to people. If you go to the department stores over the holiday season, they usually have gift sets of fragrances that have a lot of variety. And they may be like maybe really small small bottles of each so you can get like a big number of those and just try those over the holiday season like you mm -hmm. wear one each day and see if you like it and that way this is the one that they had last year from macy's oh wow it has a lot Look in there that. and um uh, if you're listening sets. and you don't see what i'm what i'm uh, i'm saying is in the, <laughs> the year of 2020 yeah, sorry. If you can't see what I'm holding up in my hand right now, sorry. Um, there's there's a, a Macy's did a sample gift set, and it has 15 fragrances, which is a lot. Wow. And it's called Macy's Favorite Scents. And it's 15 samples of pretty much the popular designer scents, right? Yeah, so it's like they just put a whole bunch of samples in there. So what you can do is if you get, I, I think I, I gave this as gifts last year. Um it's 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 affordable. It might be like thirty or forty dollars for the set, which is really affordable. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't cost them anything to make samples. You know what I mean? Right. But for somebody who's willing to try out, you don't want to have to buy two hundred dollars per bottle, buy fifteen bottles. Like that's expensive. Right. So if you and you may not like them, so you can go ahead and buy the sample gift set, and you just wear one each day and see how you feel. If you like it, just put an asterisk next to it. And when you're looking to go buy a full bottle, I will also say if you are going to buy a bottle, right? People make the mistake of buying the biggest bottle. Now, because I like to collect my fragrances, I know that like if I if I wore a whole bunch of spritz every day until the day I die, I may not finish wearing all the fragrances that I have. I have so many, <laughs> but I like to collect them. So I will usually buy a baker bottle. But if you're not a collector and you just want something you can wear day to day, I would say buy the medium size or the small size bottle. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's not cost efficient. I will say for your dumb reach staple, the stuff that you love, 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 buy the biggest bottle you can find because it will be cost efficient. Though, because you're not paying for the actual bottle, you're paying for the juice. So just buy as much as possible. 
Mm-hmm. But if it's something that you're going to like switch in and out and wear differently, I would recommend you buy just a small bottle because you, you're likely going to get tired of it or the season is going to change and you may not be able to wear it to the next season. So buy a smaller bottle. And then if you like it so much, then go back and buy the big bottle. And that's my advice. Yeah. Fragrances are fun. Let me explain something to you. Like, fragrances can change my mood. Like, sometimes I don't even, like, wear them as a skin scent. I can just sit at my desk, grab a bottle of something that I'm like, oh, I want to smell this. This And then I will spray it in the air and just sit there. Like, Mm. they're just fun. It's It's not something serious. And I will also say this. If you see a fragrance that's marketed for women, so if you're a man and you go to the counter, Go to the women's section and smell it. Nobody cares. Like, just because there are a lot of fragrances. Women's, they're just beautiful that you will never discover if you just stay in the men's section. And if you're a woman, go to the men's section. Like, if you identify as a woman, whatever. Go to the men's section, smell everything. And there are some fragrances that are, like, unisex and they really are just a... Smell those too. Smell as many as possible and make your decision. But I will say this. (laughs) Never, ever, ever wear Dracar Noir as your scent don't do it please don't do it like if if it's a joke and you're wearing it as a joke i will laugh along with you but you better not be wearing that seven days a week i'm sorry just do not wear it for car noir that's not a freak if you wear it for car noir and you come near me i will roast you for it just letting you know um and that's that on that oh this is great <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, people who listen to this episode will like, if they even if they learn nothing. Like, I hope it has been fun for them to go with the journey of like what fragrances and like, and I hope I've been able to explain like what my obsession with fragrances and. <laughs> yeah, this is great. I feel inspired. I want to go smell things. Of course, it's a panoramic, so now I can't. But <laughs> go. Yeah, I mean, you know what? You actually can. You actually, I'm the 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 fragrance places. I think they they let you smell. Like some of them might even let you take your mask off to go in a corner to smell it. Uh, like they'll spray a few of them right them on the tip and give you like all five and you go in a corner you take mm. your mask off and you take your time to smell it but you can't just be out here just to take your mask off anyhow so yeah some of them like or like if your mask is thin enough you can pretty much smell it through your mask but yeah it's fun i love going fragrance shopping that concludes our episode about fragrances i thoroughly had a great time discussing fragrances i had a great time too i learned so much I'm excited. Yeah, you can find us, as always, on Twitter and Instagram, at Big Empty Purse. Tweet us, message us, tell us your favorite fragrances, tell us if you wear Dracar Noir so we can roast you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and let us know any... Let us know any topics you'd like to hear us cover in the future. And on next week's episode, we'll be discussing... It's actually to be determined. Tune in next week, and we'll definitely let you know then. Until next time, peace. Mm -hmm.